This week on this episode of The Pull, we bring to you the latest in entertainment news. Things get strange with a particular doctor as we take a trip on up to Atlanta. John, roll it! Alright, so clearly, this is not like... The, well, you know, it's weird. The only time we touched on video games is last week's Halloween episode. Um, but uh, we are big fans, and by big fans, I mean, like, hate it every time we play it. But, like... Um, <laughs> I already know what you're talking about, dude. Fucking uh, Overwatch, dude. And uh, they are launching the Overwatch League. And I'm kind yeah. of excited because if it plays out the way that my dream scenario of it playing out is <laughs> is that like that in conjunction with the new choose your own servers that they're going to be throwing in there means that we could actually play with some motherfuckers that know how to play the game right. and and get serious because it's always like you're getting the most kills i'm getting the most healing and then everybody else just fucking sucks <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah that, so shit, I, that, that shit looks pretty dope, dude. I saw that it came, that they uh, announced it at BlizzCon and shit. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe it's, maybe this is what we need to go pro. You know what I'm saying? Change our lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, you definitely ain't wrong. I'd like, I challenge anybody listening to this, which is probably not very many, I challenge anybody to step to me with some soldier skills in Overwatch Uh-oh. and and see uh we'll see what's up we'll see what's up speaking of soldier because this can it it seems like it connects um did you see the sombra short no no i didn't they put one that does relate that does relate more to our podcast yeah so they released the sombra short because sombra is now available in the public testing realm um oh word and she looks tight it, it was funny, though, because they released the short before they even threw her on the PTR. And, like, right. everyone was like, oh, Sombra's broken as fuck and blah, 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 blah. I was like, they're making her look cool in the video. Like, it's not like she's the end-all, be-all. She's not the Doctor Strange of fucking um, <laughs> the game. She Because in the video, she's like, oh, shit. I dropped my phone. <laughs> Um, in the video, she's fucking hacking into everything in sight, and she's like shutting down uh, machines. She's making those like hover um, stands that are in some of the maps of uh, Volskaya Industries in particular. She's making those stands like move wherever the fuck she wants them to. Um, oh, that's sick. So she's like so, yeah. fucking. She's like watchdogs of Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, basically the Overwatch and, dog. Yeah, and. Uh, it seems like she might have some sort of connection to Soldier, um, and uh, I'm. Well, that's what they were originally kind of like playing with. Um, they were kind of talking about that, right? Wasn't that like the rumor when um, when they were talking about her possibly coming out like months ago, that like they had some type of like romantic relationship or some shit like that? Oh, I think. Um Soldier. Oh, no, that was Anna. Anna. That was Anna, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. This seems this seems like she may be soldiers. I don't know. I don't know if she's like his daughter or something. Just something about her seems very soldiery. But um right. 
But yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was cool. I was kind of hype about it. So. I just, yeah. No, that looks. That looks pretty tight. Um, but uh, I, what what news do you have for us? Uh, well, a couple things. Well, first, before we get into the news, uh, I just wanted to mention to you. Um, it was brought to my attention like last week or so. A uh, buddy of mine that I work with, uh, shout outs to Mike. Um, he was telling me he was like, "Yo, I was I was on Reddit, and apparently, and I didn't know this. Um, apparently, if like if you're watching that intro to The Walking Dead, um, and you know how like a lot of times when they put the characters or the actor's name up, it'll show something that has to do with that character. Um, and I didn't know this until he mentioned to me. And then this week I actually paused it and, and looked at it. And it's ironic because it had to do directly with this week's episode, which is when I noticed it. Um, but when they put Jeffrey Dean Morgan's name on the screen, um, in the background, you see an iron in like a fireplace, um, like getting hot. Oh, I thought Lord. that was pretty sick. I thought they uh, they snuck that in pretty well. And then for anybody that watched the episode this week, spoilers, he talks about how Dwight got the iron to the face, which is why he looks all fucked up like that. So I thought that was pretty tight. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. But uh, as far as news, did you um, did you happen to catch the Lego Batman trailer that dropped? Um, I did not watch it, but I'd seen like the first trailer that dropped, and it looked pretty funny. Yeah, it was like... There's like three or four of them now or something. They got quite a bit, but uh, it looks pretty fucking funny, dude. Like, um, uh, and you know, you know me. I mean, I'm a big Batman fan, so I was probably going to see this regardless. And the Lego movie was pretty damn funny. Um, but they're like, they're they're doing the whole like, um, they're going the whole aspect of like how Bruce Wayne, or they're making a lot of jokes, I should say, about how Bruce Wayne is, uh, you know, nothing but lonely, and they show him in his big-ass house, like, with nothing to do, so he's, like, trying to find something to watch on TV and shit, and so Alfred's like, well, maybe you should actually raise that kid that you adopted, and you just see, like, Robin, like, acting dumb in the fucking mansion and shit, and uh, it's, it's pretty funny, though, dude, I definitely, I definitely recommend the, the trailer, but after seeing it, I'm, I'm definitely gonna go see it, it looks, uh, looks pretty fucking hilarious and it, it it's funny dude because it's i feel like like uh, the companies that make these animated movies now they know they know their demographic like let's be honest their demographic is not kids you know what i'm saying like their demographic yeah. is parents taking their kids to the movies and that's fucking genius so like these movies are becoming like there's so many like there's so many more like hidden jokes, you know, that are more adult yeah, absolutely. material and shit like that. And so uh, there was a, quite a few of those in this newer, newest trailer. So um, I'm kind of kind of stoked for that. Um, I don't know if you if you might have seen or not, but I guess uh, they confirmed that Dumbledore is going to be uh, in Fantastic Beasts two, the yep. second one. So I we talked that. about this movie a little bit last week and how. Uh, Johnny Depp is confirmed to be in this movie. So, like, for me, obviously it they're projecting it to do well enough so that they're going to make, what is it, like four Five. more movies into this yeah. uh, this first one. But, like, for me, it almost comes across as if maybe they're not confident enough in the title itself that they have to throw in like a big name actor like Johnny Depp, and then they have to throw in a character that people are already in love with to kind of, I don't know, entice people more to come see it. I mean, what do you, what do you think about it? Do you think it's just 
well, I mean, kind of like Newt and Dumbledore crossed paths, so I mean, it's not like it's shocking that he would be there at some point, and then it takes place during the time that um, I forgot Dumbledore's the dark, younger. Yeah, I forgot the Dark Wizard's name. Shit. Um, Voldemort. But no, 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 no. Before Voldemort. Um, mm. But it takes place during a time where he was reigning. He was basically the Voldemort of his time. Um, and Dumbledore gets famous because he defeats him. Um, and uh, the rumor is, and you can find a picture, there's a picture of the back of somebody's head and they have bleach blonde hair and their ears look just like Johnny Depp, that Johnny Depp is going to be the Dark Wizard in this series. Um, oh, word. I didn't know that. That's pretty yeah. sad. Um, and I mean, Johnny Depp, I don't think they're using him as a, a way to bring money to it. I mean, Harry Potter, no matter what, it could have it could have been fucking like brand new actors that have never been in front of a camera and people were gonna would go see it if they played the fucking doom do doom doom right like, right but i don't i just do feel that. like this movie in particular it's not called harry potter you know what i'm saying so there it, it's automatically the you know the stepchild uh, so it's uh, i feel like they're already at a disadvantage in a way um because they're going to lose like the just the average moviegoer um yeah, some of them I should say but um I I I I don't know I don't know if it's like a, a marketing scheme or if maybe they just thought he was best for the role I don't I don't know I don't know that Johnny Depp's really best for any roles these days though I mean he's got he's got <laughs> he's got some issues um but that's kind of besides the point are you excited yeah. for this movie or what? I mean, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but dude, I'm gonna see it. For, I'm gonna see it for sure, and I don't want to like sound like my not being over the top excited. It makes me less of a Harry Potter fan, and I'm sure people will feel that way. But like, I'm this. I'm a guy that didn't finish the seventh Harry Potter book till the night that the, um, till the night that was it the first or the second one. I think it was the night that the. F- second you one know, dro- was dropping i i I, I, va- I actually i remember you doing that shit while we were standing in line for the fucking movie that like and now that i hear it i didn't realize that was the first time you'd actually read it i thought you were like rereading it like are you fucking serious dog like you, you didn't read it until then it was like separation anxiety bro like i i knew as soon as i finished the seventh harry potter book that it meant that my childhood was fu- I'm gonna get emotional thinking about it, but like it meant that my childhood was fucking over, and like uh, you you wouldn't be the you wouldn't be the first person to like give me shit about it, but like then every time I break it down, they're like, okay, you still should have finished it, but like I kind of get it now, but like yeah, to me, yeah, I mean, was, I get it, but it was it, that important. A- it was like from the time I was in fifth grade to what like 24, 23, 24 years old, like <laughs> these care these characters. In every medium, video games, books, fucking uh, audio books, like everything, they were in my life, and now this was it. This was the ultimate end of them. Um, now, of course, we have the play, but um, I, I just didn't want to accept it. And so then I read, I finished the second half of. Deathly Hallows, um, the day that the movie was coming out, I left work early and just went home and fucking plowed through it and, uh, (laughs) went and saw the movie. And then, and when Harry talks to fucking the ghosts of everybody from his life that passed away, like, 
fucking cried like a bitch. Um, <laughs> I was so so emotional about it. But I'm a, I mean, all I hear right now is some real baby back shit. But you know, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you slide on it because I know you are here at, at heart. You are a pretty big Harry Potter fan out of you know, a lot of the people I know. But I mean. You didn't finish didn't the you. book, dog. Like it's, st- I'm still kind of, I'm a little baffled, but I'm, a, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's a book, dog. You can, you can reread that shit and relive your childhood. Like, yeah, it'll never be quite the same, but like, damn, dog, it's. It's just, okay if it, you don't understand, it, Danny. It's okay. We know, <laughs> we know that you have a hard time showing your emotions. Yeah, um, maybe I'm just not as emotional. I, I, this is getting weird. Whatever, dude. <laughs> um, why has it got to be weird, Danny? Why has it got to well, be weird? Because we're about to break down like my psyche and how I um, see the world and, and my childhood. You're about to be like, so tell me, I'm how Dr. Did your parents, Hugo uh, Strange. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so I'm stoked for it. I actually read the little um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them book that came out like yeah. fucking 15 years ago. Um, and the history of Quidditch. I, I, I read those. Um, and so, yeah, I, w- I want to see it. Um, but I'm nowhere near as excited for it as I was when it was like, yo, the new Harry Potter movie is coming out. Right, um, right, right. I have no expectations for this. Um, I'm glad that David Yates is directing it because he did such good work for the Harry Potter series. Um, but uh, right now, I just, I, I'm just like, all right, cool, it's coming out. We'll, we'll catch it, you know. For sure. Um, yeah, it was uh, just recently confirmed. I don't know. It was like today or I want to say it was like today or yesterday. Um, so Electra, same Electra from Daredevil, is going to be in the Defenders, oh, yeah, which I, I think is pretty that. sweet. I think um, I like that character. I like the portrayal of that character. Um, I liked the the emotion in her backstory that they were able to to you know come across the screen with I, I i really enjoyed her i think it's cool that they're bringing her back for a larger uh storyline so that's kind of dope did she leave um, uh, on good terms or was she bad guy i forget i think it was good dog right well she went into that fucking like uh little like pottery barn looking thing right <laughs> to become whatever the fuck I don't know. Damn, dude. it that, sounds like that, we both that second need to season, season two. The, se- the second season kind of dragged for me a little bit, but she was gonna become one of those eternal fucking like I live forever uh, ninjas that they were fucking fighting or whatever. She was gonna be like the chosen, whatever the fuck. I don't know, dude. You're asking me questions about a show I watched months ago. I can't even remember what I ate for dinner yesterday. <laughs> um. The I didn't even know they were making this, but apparently it's been a production, or it's been they've been trying to make it for like years. But it seems they're making a Freddie Mercury biopic. Uh, yeah, did, they've been trying to cast. Yeah, because Sasha Baron Cohen was originally Freddie Mercury. Right, and I guess he dropped out after you know long, the, you know, kind of like dragging their feet a little bit or whatever on the movie. But I yeah. saw. Now it looks like uh, Ramy. How do you say his last name? Malik. Malik. Ramy Malik's in talks to play Freddie Mercury, which is pretty tight. I've I've mentioned to him in the past that he's not necessarily my favorite actor, but um, I I think you know he's damn sure uh, good enough to to pull something like this off. I would think. Um, Yes. And then somebody. The the thing the thing I'm a little bit more concerned about, though, to be honest, 
is at Brian Singer's and talks to direct it. Um, and he's not necessarily my favorite director. Uh, his, I, I, and I've expressed this on the show in the past, just like the X-Men fucking universe dog is just so convoluted. Like get your shit straight. Let's like, let's get a streamlined story and fucking make some sense of something. But regardless, I'm a, I'm, I actually had the opportunity to see Queen, obviously not while Freddie Mercury was alive, um, but I fucking, I fucking love Queen, dude. They're, they're fucking, they're icons. So I think it, it'll be pretty sweet to, to see something like that. Yeah, apparently, apparently your parents do too, because they tried to convince me that that song that was definitely Queen the other night was not Queen. Yeah, yeah I'm... 99% sure it was. I think what they were getting at was that it was like maybe a cover of Queen. It wasn't actually them they were playing, but I I mean, I was lost in the sauce a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that was fucking Queen, dude. Yeah. Uh, but uh whatever. We'll let them have it. They're they're <laughs> old, you know. Maybe they didn't maybe they forgot what it sounds like. I don't know. Uh <laughs> but that's um that's all the news that I that I have. I wanted to kind of keep it short because we got some some big things that we wanted to talk about. Some big things we wanted to review. So if you don't have anything, I'd like to kind of get into it. Uh, get into it. Get into it. So last week we talked about a particular uh, strange movie that we were gonna go see uh, yes. while you were up here. And it happened. We got we got a little strange in the theaters. Uh, oh, um, dang, dog! My head is bleeding. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, that was that was random, and there was no context. <laughs> People listening are like, "Uh, this got real." Nah, oh, that's dude, cool. there, go get you so, a bandaid, dog. <laughs> there, nah, I'm just gonna let it bleed, man. There was like a pimple at my hairline and i popped it and it was just blood (laughs) (laughs) it's brutal as fuck right now that is disgusting but all right thanks (laughs) for sharing my man that was strange that was strange hey we'll edit all this out dude don't don't you worry we will not we don't we don't do anything as far as editing i don't even have shit to do with the editing but uh so all right all this to say we we saw Doctor Strange. Yes. Um, do we want to go ahead and give a spoiler alert now, just to get it out of the way? What do you mean? I mean, like, obviously, we're gonna spoil the fuck out of this movie, right? Oh yeah, we yeah, yeah. Tell people, right? Yeah, so, we, we, yo, if you we're gonna... if you're listening past this point, it's on you. We're gonna fucking we're gonna spoil this movie. So if you got yeah. a problem with that, pause it. Go watch the movie. Come back and finish the episode though, because I mean, we get like. You know, I'd like to say we get money for you finishing the episode, but we all know that's a lie. Uh, but I'd like for you to hear our opinions on it, regardless um, if you like them or not. So, uh, <laughs> so spoilers, all right? Fucking, there's your warning. Um, so let's get into it, dude. What? Uh, give me, give me your overall thoughts. I know you you shared a little bit in the theater some big words. Um, so if you would kind of tell people what you thought initially and you know, since if it's kind of changed or if it's kind of settled right. overall, what you thought about this movie. So I having now seen the movie twice, uh, two days in a row. Um, I think that this is the best Marvel movie so far. Ooh. Ooh. So let me get this straight. Better than cap winter soldier. 
Um, yeah. Better than Civil War. Better than Iron Man 1. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. See, wow. I'm not somebody that, like, in the, the overall arc of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm not somebody that, while I thought that Iron Man was tight, like, I'm not one of those people that stood firmly in the belief that it was one of the, like, top two Marvel movies. I just, it was just a fun, it was fucking Iron Man. It was what it was, um. But I think that um, I think the reason why it gets such high praise is just because there hadn't been a comic book movie on that level. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah, to that point they were, you know, for the most part garbage, uh, and they nailed it. It was by people that you know have written or worked on the comics that love the comic just as much, so they did it justice. And I think from start to finish it was just a superhero movie through and through you know what i mean like they weren't yeah. they weren't worried about making like you know a, a good film or whatever they were out to make a comic book movie and that's how it came across and i think it was just genuine and so people connected with it um, cuz they've been wanting that for so long but i mean it's still it's it's up there for me i don't it's tough, uh, but but go ahead, this, go ahead with your thoughts. I mean, Doctor Strange, in a lot of regards, is very much uh, in the vein of like Iron Man one. I mean, um, yeah, he's psychedelic Iron Man, dude. <laughs> yeah, like more or less, and like, and I would be a liar if I didn't tell everyone that uh, the visual effects played a huge role in my enjoyment of this movie. Um, but the visual effects were just a visual way of. In- showing us ideas um, that were entirely new, which were like mystical ideas, philosophical ideas, magic. Um, I mean, the all of the heroes and villains in this movie are straight up sorcerers. Like, that is what they are. And they guard a different realm. Uh, they say they guard the mystic realm while the Avengers guard the physical realm. Um and that and it was just fucking cool because of that to me and i liked that they didn't spend uh because they knew it was an origin story they didn't treat us like we needed another 45 minute intro to a movie before the person becomes who they're going to become um, right i because, well i they they didn't have time for that dude it's a short movie it's only like an hour and a half or some shit dude yeah like i don't it, i didn't feel it like flew it was by really, dude yeah it went it, it goes pretty fast uh uh, but 15 minutes to be exact. That's a short ass superhero yeah. movie Spe- uh, for Marvel. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. kind of crazy, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he, for people that don't know how Dr. Strange becomes, uh, a sorcerer, he gets in a bad car accident, um, destroys his hands and medics. Well, first it, let him, uh, he's, He's like one of the most world-renowned, best like brain surgeons ever to, you know, fucking operate on a brain. So like, but he's extremely like cocky. He's extreme. He's yeah. A, you know, essentially he's a dick to everybody, and he he takes life for granted. And he, you know, he's just he's a rich guy. <laughs> yeah. He's Iron Man. Um, he's he's basically yeah. Iron he's Man. Tony Stark. He's basically Tony Stark. Uh, <laughs> Destroys his hand. Medicine can't fix him. He heard a rumor about a guy that was paralyzed and somehow was healed. He finds him and the guy tells him to go to fucking uh, Kathmandu, like the song. Um, and then he fucking goes 
and uh, finds the, I forget the name of the temple, but finds this temple and uh, becomes a sorcerer after a few tri trials and tribulations because he's a arrogant asshole. Um, and that was the other cool thing is like, um, it wasn't, they didn't do, they could have easily done like some montage type shit like Captain America 1. Like, there could have been some like cheesy ass training stuff that went on, but I never felt like, I never felt like that. It was, it was just, the pacing was good. The pacing to me was one of the best parts of this whole fucking yeah. movie. Um, I agree. I think that's that's one thing I really enjoyed about it too is the, just the overall pacing. Uh, I didn't want, like you said, uh, I didn't want a dragged out movie just because they had to tell us an origin. I, I think Marvel has really gotten to the point where they've mastered um, not treating the audience like they're complete fucking idiots because they understand that the core of their moviegoers, although you know a lot of parents again are going to be taking their kids to see this movie and stuff, and that's a, a huge part of their demographic but in in large part it's people that love this material and already know this material and so they don't feel a need to tell you hey you know fucking spider-man's from new york and he got bit by a spider and all that shit you know what i'm saying and same same thing yeah. with cumberbatch i mean or doctor strange rather uh, it was short to the point it was just what you needed um and right from the get-go dude the um uh mads mickelson's character um yeah Cecilius, I mean, like, opening scene. He's a fucking bad guy. He cut this dude's head off. That's all yeah. I need to fucking know. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, obviously, he's got some sorcery, too. He's there. He stole some shit. Here's your premise. Uh, you know at some point Doctor Strange is going to go after this fucking dude. So, yeah. I mean, they don't waste a lot of time. But um, I, for me, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It's... I'm still on that high from seeing it, so I don't know if it's fair to say that it's like in my top like five, you know, Marvel movies or comic book movies. But it was, it's fucking up there for me. I can tell you that it's, um, it's, it was phenomenal. Like I loved it, and I'll be honest, I I need to see it again because they they sold me on all of the special effects in this movie, dude. Like I felt like. I was getting distracted in the best way possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, and I think because of that, I kind of missed quite a few. Probably, I'm sure there's Easter eggs throughout this entire motherfucker. But like I said in the past, on you know, on the show, that I'm not the biggest Doctor Strange fan. Like, I don't know a ton about him. Um, but I, just the overall visuals, dude. Like, I was so wrapped up in a lot of those that. I feel like there's so much more to this movie that if I went back and watched, um, you know, I'd pick up on little things um, a little bit more. Um, but let's go through some of the some of the characters, some of the cast, and then maybe we'll get into some of those Easter eggs. Because I did notice um, at least like one or two. Um, but what did you think? What did you think of Cumberbatch? Like, were you able to? Did you see? like Cumberbatch throughout the the movie or did you see Doctor Strange? Cuz I mean he's a obviously he's a fucking he's a huge actor like he's been in a ton of shit and he's a great yeah. actor but did you did you see were you looking at Cumberbatch or were you looking at Doctor Strange? What did you think? Um for me it was definitely and it's been pretty steady this way throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. For me it was like 
for me, it was a master class on, on being a character. Like, he, uh, I don't know if it was just his particular American accent that he went with was just strange, but he enunciated a lot of words more than Americans do. British people enunciate words quite a bit, at least in right. particular regions. Um, but it's not a big American thing to sit there and enunciate all of your words. Um, right, when you think right. about that, you think of like Professor Snape, Mr. Potter. And like, it's just like <laughs> nailing every T in a word. And he kind of did that. But um, but, but is that like, him, is that, let me ask you, is that him overacting that part of the role? Or is that him as a, you know, millionaire a uh, doctor that knows everything, you know, what I and mean? That's, so he would know that part of the English language, like, and that's a part that if Benedict came out and answered critics that may have said what I just said, and he said that, like, I would buy it, even if he completely pulled that shit out of his ass, I would, <laughs> I would be like, hey, that makes sense. You've got this fucking millionaire doctor. Uh, who literally owns like the highest, uh, oh, excuse me, the highest like bachelor pads or suite or whatever the fuck Yo, it is. Yo, that shit was fucking sick. No, like I was, I was drooling over that place, dude. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> that place was legit. I was yeah. like, damn, homie's yeah, doing he well has, for like, himself. The, yeah, the only building as tall as the fucking uh, Avengers Tower. Um, oh yeah, dude. And speaking of building, that was one Easter egg that I caught. Like the initial, um, like kind of view of New York. You, you uh, I take it you saw the Avengers Tower too. Yeah, that was pretty. I thought that was pretty tight that they actually threw it in there. I mean, I don't know for whatever reason when I saw it, I was like, oh fucking duh, of course it would be there. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't yeah. occur to me that they would put it in there i I don't know it makes sense obviously but maybe it just wasn't that obvious to me that it would be there so when i saw that i was like oh that's that's dope of course like what the fuck was i thinking i'm an idiot but um now you saw so in the movie there are two bad guys you have matt's mickelson who's like the face bad guy he's the guy that you see throughout the whole thing um right and he's fighting to um, bring the entire world. And, and let me say this: in the other Marvel movies, um, some of their bad guys um, just seem like they're being bad for the sake of being bad. Obviously, Red Skull is very much like that. Um, Loki has been very clear about the fact that he's just bad for fucking being bad, um, and. Uh, Ultron fell very short, but he came the closest to being a villain that was doing something out of what he believed to be good. Um, and, uh, so what's the, what's Matt Mickelson's character's name? How do you pronounce it? Cassilius. Cassilius. Cassilius outright says he believes that the whole world can live forever and become more powerful if they just give themselves over to the dark side. So he's the dark realm. So his whole focus is to bring the the world into the dark realm and it's almost selfless. It now he's not understanding that Dormammu um who is basically the creator of the dark realm 
Um, he's not understanding that Dormammu is ultimately this bad guy um, who doesn't give a fuck about anybody. Um, right, right. So he doesn't see the error in his ways, but and he do, and he does some bad things to try and bring people into the the, the world into the dark realm. Um, but in the end, the deep part about this, and I was talking this about with some of my friends last night that may or may not have been under the influence, um, but um, that that is that in and of itself is a very deep thing to be hidden in the movie because they didn't take the villain and stretch him and give him this big long ass backstory like you said they didn't do flashbacks to help you understand him more what they gave you was what you got um but if you look deeper at what they gave you then they gave you some deep stuff and he basically reveals that he's doing what he thinks it takes to help the world live forever because right right otherwise it's going to end at some point and you see that in that scene where he he starts to get like teary eyed and he's crying and he's you know he basically he says essentially that he he came to the chosen one and he came to get trained because you know he he has a, a, a bad background and and the ancient one even i think i think she even mentions it that you know everybody there if not the majority of people there um you know they they have they come from a troubled past and so they're seeking something and so for him it's this void of you know what am I? What do we have the potential to become? And I think that's what he's what he's after, you know. And 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 I th- and obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I, a a large part of why he's doing what he's doing is because the ancient one he he's come to the realization that the ancient one is keeping things from him. Um, yeah, and that that plays a big part in their conflict, which I really liked. At like. I didn't really make the connection until the very end um, with the payoff. So, like, when you first see the Ancient One, which I want to get into a little bit more after this, but when you first see her and she's going back and forth with um, Casilius and they're fighting on the buildings and this is, like, the first action scene where you see, like, the buildings, fucking, you know, folding in on each other and whatnot. Yeah. She has the hood over her head and it didn't really occur to me why until after the movie had finished and it, it it I had realized, oh fuck, is because she's got the mark on her forehead as well because she's pulling yeah. from the dark universe. She's pulling dark magic, and so everything in this movie I feel like had some type of payoff, and um, everything had a purpose. And so even though they didn't give him like this drawn out backstory, he still had a purpose, which I liked. Um, I felt like this was a, and maybe this was uh, the the second bad guy you're referring to unless it was um dormammu but um i felt like this movie however was just a really big setup for potentially dr strange 2 and the conflict with mordo Um, yeah because i mean essentially because anybody that knows uh, like like i said before i'm not the biggest dr strange fan but i know that mordo uh becomes essentially like his rival is arch rival and they have you know, he's one of his biggest enemies. And so I knew at some point there's going to be a conflict that makes him turn against uh, Strange. And so I felt like this really was – they didn't – they weren't going to spend a whole lot of time on Cassilius, but what they were going to do is they were going to build you up so that you, you know, liked Mordo to a degree, and then they were going to, you know, set you up for him becoming a villain, you know, and him battling Strange in the next movie. But I liked it. I, I, regardless – 
I didn't feel like oversold on it. I felt like it was natural. It was a natural progression. And although it actually yeah. kind of differs because I, I was reading online, um, it differs from his origin in the books kind of. So from what I understand, um, they kind of go through training, their training progressions uh, at, at somewhat of the same time, but strange is just progressing a lot quicker. And so it's, it's more of that jealous, uh, brother type vibe, you know? And so yeah. he becomes, he becomes angry and he doesn't like strange. And then that becomes, that starts your conflict. But I like the fact that this was, he was just a matter of, he was a man of principles and no yeah. matter what strange, even though he was, he had the, the utmost, you know, best intentions. And so did the ancient one. He still, they were breaking the principles in the code. And so he was not about yeah. it. And so that felt a little bit more natural to me. Like I liked it. Um, yeah. Liked so it a lot. the whole point, the code that like Danny's talking about is the whole point of this organization of sorcerers um, is to maintain uh, natural law. Um, and uh, they break. You're not it supposed to interfere with no matter what, uh, like number one rule is you're not supposed to interfere with natural law. What's supposed to happen should happen, basically. Yeah. Um, and so, but obviously the ancient one, she's breaking it by pulling in power from the dark universe in order to. Um, she's pulling in dark, you know, dark magic in order to power herself, keep herself alive, and change, you know, natural law. And then, yeah. um, and Strange is doing it by. Um, what he kills he kills old boy right yeah um because i get a little lost there like how why what is his oh oh i'm sorry because he he rewound time at the end um in order to defeat dormammu and defeat um Cassilius, right yeah. i mean that's his, correct me if i'm wrong but that's his big conflict with strange right uh yeah but when so at the end um uh, for those that don't know Doctor Strange is like the sole possessor of this like eye. I forget what the thing's called, and it has the he, no. He becomes no, no, no. He he comes into possession of the Time Stone, which is going to yeah. be one of the stones in the Infinity Gauntlet. That's, so they're that's setting a lot of this say. was yeah setting up Infinity War. But go ahead. Um, and so he he uses it, and uh, at the end there's a great fucking battle scene. Visual effects are not uh, f- phenomenal. But he freezes time because something occurs to him and he freezes time and literally travels outside of time. He travels outside of time directly into the dark realm and once there, um, still in possession of the time thing. um, The time thing. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you know, this is scientific terms. He <laughs> continues to fuck with time once there. And because Dormammu exists outside of time, he is able to tempt Dormammu. Dormammu kills him. He's able to play with time and come back to life. And he comes back again. And he keeps telling him over and over again, I have an offer for you. I have an offer for you. And then Dormammu gets so sick and annoyed that he listens to his offer right um and i thought dude that payoff was fantastic not only was that one of the funniest parts of the entire movie but he's saving the world you get this resolution without this huge like epic battle you know what i mean um yeah but 
it it just goes to show that like Doctor Strange, he doesn't have to like kick your ass in order to defeat you. He's outwitting you. He's a doctor. That's what he does. Yeah. And so, I thought that payoff was fucking phenomenal, dude. Just the fact that like it was super meta in a sense that, of course, this guy has no idea of what time is and so like the first time that he comes back to life and he's like dormammu i'm here to bargain or whatever the fuck he says and he's just like oh you're gonna hold on what didn't we just do this like it yeah it, it was priceless dude and then he keeps doing it and doing it and doing it until he gets tired of it i really i really fucking like that and it was it was hilarious i like it was it was great it was great. did you did you know that uh benedict cumberbatch played dormammu did he really? Yep. I did not know that. That's pretty that's pretty fucking tight. Yeah, they were so they were looking Scott Derrickson, the director, um, needed somebody to play Dormammu. And um Benedict literally was like, Well, I'll do it. And he's like, Oh, uh, I don't know. And uh <laughs> ben, Benedict did like some did like the recording and uh he listened to it and was like, okay. He's like, well, let me examine the other choices I have. I'll get back to you. But the more he thought about it, the more ingenious an idea he thought it was um, in that Dormammu is the dark realm equivalent of um, Doctor Strange because Strange can now manipulate time where Dormammu is the master of all things outside of time. So they're the yin and the yang. Um, and he mm. thought it would be smart to have That's the yang be the same person um, in, a, in a certain respect. Um, in a movie so he, that revolves around time and mystical shit, that is meta as fuck, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, so, it's very meta. Uh, so, and, and that's the levels of this fucking movie. That's why it's my favorite Marvel movie because no Marvel movie do you sit there afterwards and have to think about it. But this movie, like, just left right. me with it, shit to think about. It definitely, it definitely hit on like deeper levels than than past Marvel movies. Like, I'll, I'll, I hundred percent agree with that. Like, there, it, it left you some shit to think about, and. And that's what they were out to do. Like when they started filming this shit, um, they said, we're out to make a psychedelic film. We're out to make, you know, uh, not just a superhero movie, but a think piece, you know, that's going to take you beyond just a guy in a costume, you know, defeating somebody to save the world. And that that's exactly what it hit for me. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought personally my favorite character was the ancient one. Like she was – she played that shit fucking – like phenomenal dude like tilda swinton nailed it yeah. nailed it dude and she was just she was like an ultimate badass dude um i really liked her portrayal um and i liked wong dude like i thought he was hilarious dude, every tight, one of bro. every one of his jokes like the payoff was f like phenomenal when he's talking to him about beyonce he has no idea yeah. and then he's like listening to beyonce and then yeah and then at the very end like when he finally laughs for the first time like uh, you were sitting like three chairs over and I could hear just uh, like I was dying laughing, dude. Like, I think it was uh, he definitely had the most payoffs in terms of, of uh, comedic relief. But it was. Yeah, he was. He I was funny. I was really I liked that a lot. And they used him for like they had some different levels of humor, too. They had dry humor. They definitely had like some more mature 
um, right, humor, right. and then they appealed to like corny, almost like what I'll call Home Alone type humor. Like when he's listening to Beyonce in the library, and Stephen creates those portals to like go into the library and steal books behind yeah, Wong's yeah. back, and then Wong turns around and he steals the one right in front of Wong. Like that was that was like a humor that kids could sit there and laugh at. Um, oh yeah. No doubt. Now, now that being said, uh, this is probably going to be, other than just looking at it, the hardest movie for kids to sit through in the Marvel universe. Um, I feel like maybe next to Winter Soldier. Um, well, because I don't because it, it's just I, other than the visuals, it's just like, like they're not gonna understand the philosophical stuff. There's not enough jokes to drive it forward um, for kids to continuously laugh throughout the entire movie. Um, and there's there's just uh, maybe the action too. It just doesn't seem like something that like a kid could sit through. And as a matter of fact, um, there was it looked like a grandparent, but that brought their kid that was probably about eight or nine, and they got up and left. Um, like halfway through the movie, they took the kid and they left. Well, wow, that's um, interesting. And I was like, okay. I was like, I that sucks. Um, but I also kind of got where they were coming from. I was like, I see how this could be a difficult movie for your kid to get to understand. Um, not that well, it's too think, adult, but I think um, I think it remains to be seen because I don't think you necessarily take your kid to go see a movie like the night of or even the opening weekend for that matter um but the so like the movie or as of right now is doing phenomenally at the box office it's exceeding their expectations both domestically and internationally but i think you know a lot of that is more their adult demographic that's going to go out and and you know again the comic book heads that know the material or, or are sold regardless, they're going to go out right away and see it, I would think, for the most part. So I think it kind of remains to be seen. If it keeps this, uh, you know, this money train coming in, then I think maybe that says something about the, the, the children demographic. But I think maybe the visuals... The visuals might be enough to, to stimulate, but it's hard to say, obviously. We'll never truly know, but um, I, I could see where you're coming from. Like, I... I can agree in a sense that it's not it's not flashy you know what i mean it's not flashy it's not uh, easily connectable for um for kids uh on a on a dialogue level or on a, a storyline level really because it because it is meta i mean there's a lot of deep shit to this movie um but i wanted to talk about a couple um just like one or two easter eggs that i saw uh before we move on Oh, and then yeah. we—I'd like to touch on maybe the the after credit scenes, um, and then we'll get on to our second review. But I don't know if you you caught this. Uh, you probably did because I feel like this was one of the more in your face Easter eggs. It's like I said, I didn't catch a whole lot of them. But so when he's in the car um, right before the crash, and they're going over the different um, you know potential patients for his next like big uh, you know surgery that he's going to do his next like monumental thing that's going to get him all this you know uh uh what's the word i'm looking for attention i guess um the first one that she throws at him is something about a um, a middle-aged uh military colonel that was shot out of the air in some uh experimental armor 
Um, to me, obviously, that screams um, homie from Civil War. Uh, yeah. What? Well, I'm forgive me. I'm forgetting his name. What the fuck's his name? Um, oh fuck, dude. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, bro. Uh, uh, Rody. Rody. Fuck me. Dude. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So um, obviously that that stood out to me right away. Um, it. What I was reading something interesting online. So there's a couple. Um, I didn't pick up on this initially. Um, but there's a couple articles that, um, I guess the, the very last one, the one that sparks his interest is about, um, a girl that, um, has some type of impulses that causes her to have, um, uh, like seizures or schizophrenic. Uh, do you Uh remember that? Uh, yeah, something like that. And then she sends him the x-ray. She has something implanted in her that makes her do this. Um, and then she sends him the x-rays and that's what causes the crash. Um, but so initially a lot of people were saying that could be set up for Captain Marvel. Uh, but I mean, it doesn't really line up because that really has nothing to do with her origin. So a lot of people don't really think it's going that way. Um, but then I was reading on, and this is a character that I'm not really too familiar with, but. Uh, the more realistic one that they think they could be setting up is a character by the name of Typhoid Mary. Are you familiar with her at all? I am not. Zero percent. No. So, um, and I really I really wasn't either, but, uh, I mean, it makes sense. So, uh, apparently, she's um, an ex-lover, um, an ex-lover and and enemy of daredevil and so they think that maybe she could be one of the main antagonists in um defenders um which i think is pretty cool because she's got her origin story is somewhat similar uh similar and she's got like some telekinesis powers um, but she has like this split personality disorder and kind of has uh like schizophrenic type um personality traits and so I thought that was kind of cool that maybe that's potentially what they're setting up, but obviously we won't really know until the big okay. payoff for Defenders. So. All right. Those are just kind of the the two that stood out to me. Well, really one and then the second one that I had read up on. Did you catch any more? Did you see um, anything even your second go around? Or And then I mentioned the Avengers Tower. That was well, that was kind of Easter egg for me personally. But Yeah. Um, no, I mean, nothing – Nothing really, just, and then you get a nice uh, little post-credit nod to um, to Doctor Strange possibly being involved in Ragnarok somehow. Oh no um, doubt, yeah, they already they've already confirmed he's he's gonna be in it for sure. It's obviously was, it's gonna be more like buddy cop between Thor and Hulk, but he's yeah he's definitely I was just gonna be trying. In. I was just trying to be a little bit coy in the podcast, but you just eliminated that. So uh, oh well. Thanks for letting me know, dog. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, so, so um, uh, he's he's gonna be in Thor Ragnarok. It's a surprise. I think. Um, uh, uh, well, one of the I I don't know if you really call this an Easter egg, but did you notice that in that last scene with Thor, he finally gets his yellow gloves to complete his costume? No. Did you pick up on it? So Doctor Strange, he wears these like bright yellow gloves, um, and he doesn't wear them the entire movie until that very last scene. Um, you, he kind of lifts his hands when he's talking to Thor, and you see him on him. So that, oh, that was kind of cool. That. 
that was kind of cool. And then, um, obviously the, the mid credits, was it the, was it the mid credits that was, um, the, uh, excuse me, the Mordo scene or was it the no, second one? Mordo is the very final one. Okay. Yeah. So that, I felt like that one obviously was setting up more of a Dr. Strange two. Um, yeah. where he goes and he kills uh, old dude, the paralyzed guy that had initially sent um, Strange to, uh, you know, get trained and whatnot. So it was yeah. kind of cool. Uh, I liked both of them. I thought they were both solid end credits scenes. Um, yeah. So it's I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for Ragnarok now. I'm excited to see how Thanos is going to get this time stone from Doctor Strange because it wasn't like past Marvel movies where at the end of it they somehow lose the stone or it's, uh, you know, he's still in possession of it. So I think that's going to be kind of cool to see how that all plays out. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for what's to come. I was pleasantly surprised this movie. I knew I was going to like it. I did not know I was going to like it this much. So yeah, just my final thoughts on it, but. Uh, if you don't have anything else, let's like to dive into our next one. We're gonna let's let's go ahead, everybody. Sit on back, enjoy the ride, because we're gonna take a road trip on up to Atlanta. Atlanta, this, bro. <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this show for so long because it just. I don't know. It just never kind of fit what we were talking about, and I felt like it was it was best. It would do it justice if we gave it its whole its own review after the the whole season. Uh, so go ahead, tell them tell them what Atlanta is for anybody that's not in the know. Atlanta is uh, starring um, and written by Donald Glover. For those of you not down with people's real names, his uh, pseudo name is Childish Gambino. Yeah, hip hop artist. Um, he is very well known for his role that he played on Community. Uh, I imagine some people that actually do listen to this podcast. Oh shit! Actually, are probably some Community fans out there. Um, so y'all know who Donald Glover is. If you see him, then you'll know as soon as you see him. And we um, we mentioned in past episode that he was recently cast as Lando Calrissian. Yeah, Lando um, Calrissian, which is. Um, which is big, but uh, but yeah. So then the show itself is um, it was originally reported that it would be semi autobiographical, and it doesn't quite seem that way at this point. Um, now that they've gotten to the end of the first season, but um, Donald plays uh this guy who is working a credit card sales job at an airport, trying to sell credit cards for airlines. And uh, finds out that his cousin's a hip-hop artist and gets a brilliant idea to try and be his manager. So the series is literally, up to this point, just about the exploits of them trying to uh, get by as a, let's call it, a, I don't want to say low-level, but just like a, a yet-to-have-exploded-into-mainstream hip-hop artist, <laughs> underground hip-hop artist, um, and uh what it's like trying to manage that while also trying to manage uh your life he has a kid and he has a a woman that he's in love with the baby's mama and uh how hard that is and it's interesting though and i'll say this real quick um 
that he's not always the main character of his own show, and I think that that's one of the cool things about it. Um, yeah, it's very like Walking Dead, and not to continuously go back, but it's you know Walking Dead in the sense that you have episode entire episodes that only focus on one character, um, you yeah. know, which isn't necessarily him. Uh, like there was two or three episodes that he literally wasn't even in, which I think yeah. is uh, pretty cool that they can pull that off and and still keep the audience attention or at least it kept mine it was still humorous of course but yeah um yeah so let's uh let's see what but just, what is your just to, opinion so just to well just to uh finish up on on kind of the synopsis or his character in particular so he plays the character um earnest or earn if you will um and so what's interesting about Earn, and it's kind of a mystery throughout the entire first season, is that you know that he's got he's he's very intelligent and he he's he's not your average um, you know, like dude just trying to get out of the trap in Atlanta. He's he's extremely smart and you that you find out early on, I think it's like the first episode, that he dropped out of Yale. So he's definitely he's got something going for him, but you don't know kind of where where he messed up or how he got to where he is. Um and that never actually pays off in the first season. So that's kind of a big storyline that's um still to see how that plays out, which I find pretty interesting. But then the biggest thing too, which well the biggest payoff of the first season um was that you know, you know that he's just getting by and he, you know, is extremely poor and he has no money and it's just the struggle. The whole show is about the struggle. And yeah. um, he mentions a few times that he's basically homeless and he, you know, he doesn't have any money. And then you find out the last episode, fucking spoilers, that he literally is homeless and he lives in a storage unit, um, yeah. which I thought th- the way that that paid off, I was like, oh. Oh, shit like i felt so bad for this dude um but like at the same time it got me excited because i know that like it's not just a, a a straightforward show like there's there are some and it didn't really occur to me until then but it it i realized that there are some larger you know storylines going on here in this show some deeper shit to the show which i really i really enjoy like it's not just a 30 minute you know comedy show there's some there's some levels to this shit um so i thought that was really cool how that paid off um but overall i uh my thoughts on it i i fucking i love this show dude like it's it just it hits on so many levels for me like um just not to say that I directly relate to how he lives or what he's going through, but it's just, it's hilarious, dude. And yeah. I, um, it's got some of the best uh, memorable characters in recent television history for me. Like his cousin, for example, um, Paper Boy is his name, which is just the All most about ridic- that paper boy. <laughs> just the most ridiculous rapper name. And his song is literally just like the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Um, I'm not gonna rap it for you, but go watch the show. Um and then but the hands down dude, the dude that takes the shine for me, and I think I probably speak for you when you say it's just from conversations we had, is Darius. So Darius. Darius is just like Paperboy's homie. He just hangs out with them all day, lives with them, chills at the crib, just smoking weed and playing video games all day. That's basically all his job is. Um, 
and I it probably should side note that as most trap rappers, well, I'm not going to act like I know him personally, but in a stereotypical trap rapper way, Paperboy sells drugs. And so does yeah. Darius. Darius helps him out in that sense. And so yeah. Darius just has the most ridiculous, like, one-liners, off-the-wall, bonkers-ass shit that, like, just has you dying, dude. Like, he's just – he's a, a phenomenal character. I think the casting in the show is just – is great. Between between those three and then his, his baby mama, um, Vanessa, who's played by Zazie uh, Beats, who I'd never – really seen in anything prior to this or nothing that stood out to me i thought she was great in the show as well oh she's a fantastic actress man and like not not even to like try and make it about oh her looks but like she's she is a gorgeous gorgeous woman like yeah no doubt if no doubt if her acting was total crap which would have bothered me so i'm glad that it wasn't but um if it was total crap i at least like she had the looks for this part and it was interesting to me um because throughout this series it's very realistically cast so it's not necessarily this show full of like um hot people that are only on the covers of magazines and shit like that because they could have easily done that especially for the the hip-hop artist role like when i heard about this show i thought like the guy that was playing the hip-hop artist before i knew it was going to be his cousin um that I, you know, I would have imagined it was some, like, good-looking dude, you know, here we come, it's the only way to get a show made. But, no, you go with this average-ass-looking guy. Um, and that's and to, tip... Sorry, go. go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. I was just going to say in perfect butthole fashion, oh. he also plays a small role in Vice Principals, uh, yes. which he was also hilarious in. So the yeah. dude's name is Brian, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Um for those of you keep his score at home, uh, but yeah. he's been in a few things. But he's he's hilarious in this show, dude. He's yeah. he's great in vice presidents too. Um, yeah. Well, it was interesting to me that they took this lovable loser in Earn, um, and then gave him this gorgeous girl, and it got me wondering, like. What was the impetus of their relationship before they had the child? Because you don't know. You don't know right. what was was this a one night stand? Um, was this something that they'd known each other for a long time? And um, I found myself caring for the characters because on top of being funny, like you said, like the show hits on so many levels and so many real life topics. But like everything that happens is believable you're almost laughing because it's like you've met somebody that's doing this shit no matter your no matter your your ethnicity or what culture you grew up in like you've got people in this show that you can relate to in some way it's not like you sit here and watch it and you understand their particular struggle but like you can get the personalities that are in this show and it's like that's what makes it so funny and like I've no I've known the dude that like went to the bar and got lucky and like got a beautiful girl to come home with him and stuff. And so like that's what I was wondering is, is like he's such a nerd, he's a Yale uh acceptee. He was in he was accepted to Yale. Um and turned it down and here he is with her. So did he have to turn down going to Yale to be a dad? I they may have mentioned that and I forgot, but 
Um, no, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't seem like that to me. It seemed like they just never played that out yet. Um, yeah, I mean, could have missed I it got, too. But I want to learn. I want to know more about how they ended up where they are. Um, just because it's interesting, and, and I care for the characters. Like I cared for Paperboy. There's there was two episodes where he's just sitting in his car, uh, waiting on somebody, and both of t- both the times those episodes came, the director, uh, Hiro Murray, or uh, yeah. Um, it might be pronounced hero, but, um, he directed those scenes in such a way that I thought that Paperboy was going to be shot and killed. And like, it gave you the paranoia of being somebody that lives in a lower income neighborhood or quote unquote the hood. And like that constant threat of feeling like whether it's a police officer or it's somebody who doesn't like you, um, but with, I don't want to say eagerness, but just with a, a lack of fear to hurt another human, like, I, I found myself in uh, those two scenes I'm referencing just being like, fuck, like, something bad is about to happen. And then, like, right. in a in a great storytelling way, something bad would happen, but it wouldn't happen to him so there was a relief for you in that uh he makes it out safely but still something fucked up happens and you're still sitting there with a nice like social commentary like oh man that was fucked up Um, and i think that's i think you bring up an interesting point and uh and but to touch on real quick like those two scenes in particular like i feel like i've been that person where i'm sitting in a car in a sketchy situation i'm just like man i don't like the way this feels dude and then you know the whole time i'm overreacting and there's some other type of payoff or uh, something else happens and maybe maybe it is something bad but it doesn't happen to me so it's not necessarily a good payoff but it does you know it plays out differently than i expected so i i did connect on like i hear what you're saying like I've, i've been there uh but i think an interesting point that you brought up is every single episode there's some type of super deep super serious social commentary that goes beyond just a couple laughs in the show that if you really sit down and think about what the episode is about you're like damn dude like they're like what they're talking about is fucked up like i mean there's a whole issue there's an entire episode on on racism and and white people that that try and act as if they're black and they try and understand like what they've been through through that point and and to the point where they're you know to the extent of like slavery and shit and the fact of the matter is is that they don't and it and and the context in which they pitch it to them is they're extremely rich white people right they're not they're not you're you know the the white person that's living right next to them in the hood they're you know, millionaires, that type of thing. And so, and then there's, there's at the, the last episode, I thought there was going to be this huge commentary on, uh, you know, like, um, law enforcement abuse and, and, you know, the, the ongoing like violence, um, you know, that's been going on with, with law enforcement. And, uh, and although that happened, it wasn't, you know, like you said, it wasn't in the, in the way that I expected it, but there was a commentary on it. And then, uh, just lastly, the biggest one that stood out to me was there's an entire episode that just has to do with Paperboy going on a uh, on a dude uh, like CNN uh, interview show, which I know you mentioned is like your favorite episode, and it's fucking hilarious because to me, it just played out like your your typical like I don't want to say. St- 
uh, I mean, fuck it, I'll say it. It's almost like your stoner skit comedy episode where, like, yeah. these different uh, – there's, like, three or four different things going on at once, and they're all, like, kind of, like, short um, scenes that are playing out throughout the entire episode. And they're all, like, re- absolutely bonkers off the wall. But the entire episode, while he's on the interview, is just a commentary on what it means to be homosexual and what it means to be – uh, you know, gender equality and all this, all this like super deep shit, but you kind of forget about that because it's so funny. And then when you sit back and you think about it, you're like, damn, they were really saying something. And so that, yeah, that's well, here, really part of the reason why I loved it. Like lo- here's love the show the, so much. The realest thing about that episode to me was, and you know, these types of conversations always are, are always going to split people, but like some of the best entertainment podcasts that uh, we both listen to, people just say what they, they think, so fuck it. But um, is when they were talking about, and this is how real the show is, is that Warren's talking about this. When they were talking about in that episode, um, it, Paperboy not accepting um, transgender people, um, and he threw down, with his, which is an off-used off defense that I hear, um, they're like, I'm not saying that, like, I don't accept them. I'm just saying that to my mind, like, it's weird. I act out everything. I just acted out the scene for some reason. In his voice. Um, <laughs> I like that. But, betrayal but, um, but as he's saying that it, it's like Donald is making a clear point. Like we don't have to agree with everything. And this isn't me preaching. I'm, it's just a clear point he was making he's making this point about not having to agree with everything and not even that because like paperboy said, he's not saying he doesn't like those people. It it was just interesting. He took this strong stance on like, look, like we can still be put off by something because we don't quite understand it yet. Like it's okay. Cause we don't, that's okay. Right. Yeah. We're not saying that we hate you. Nobody like not nobody. There certainly are people saying that. Um, but if somebody out of just, just, fucking being a person not even good or bad intentions if somebody is just like oh and and like kind of surprised by an individual we'll use transgender in this particular situation like he's making a commentary like yo yes you want acceptance and that's good you should be accepted but understand that certain people are going to be alarmed at first and it's not because they think less of you it's just they're literally not used to this concept yet. And right, like, right. And that it's okay to feel comfortable because you – in a way, you should because it's not something that anybody's used to. We don't know how to handle this situation. And so it's perfectly normal and perfectly okay to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And th- it and wasn't then, really and just that episode. I mean, I feel like there was a lot of a lot of episodes like that. But go ahead. Well, and then, and then in the same episode, he takes that concept – and to show, to show, like how absurd it is to think that everybody should just accept everything um, without thought, he uses something that had also sort of happened in real life, but makes a fictional version of it, where um, somebody of one race tries to change to become another race, um, and so right. he has this young black kid that wake up wakes up one morning and identifies as a 35 year old white man even though he's like 21 years old Which was and he's fucking black. hilarious um, dude. Yeah, and it's and it's hilarious and it's funny because one it, it does make you a little uncomfortable depending on your crowd you're watching it with. Um, it makes you think 
it's funny because it's a situation that is so taboo um and it's just outright funny because of the jokes they make but there's so much truth to it because then they propose oh he's black and he's saying he's white and he's going to go through a transformation and become a white person and they sit there and accept or and expect paperboy to accept that as okay and they're showing you like it's completely absurd to just blindly say you are you're automatically comfortable with something um and he was saying that more i mean he also was pointing out how stupid the whole like skin change skin color change would be um and it was clear that that's his opinion but it was an obvious way as well to highlight that just outright accepting something without ever asking questions about it it is just not natural it's like you, you want to understand, so you're going to ask questions. And so, certainly people get irritated when a lot of questions start getting asked. Um, and I think – It's like – Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go on. That was basically my thought. Well, I was I, I was just going to say, like and, – and part of the reason why this show hits so well on so many different levels is that the best comedy makes you feel uncomfortable. That's, that's what the purpose of it. I mean, the best comedians in the world – to a degree, should make you feel uncomfortable. They should, you know, it's funny because it's not typically said out loud. And and, yeah. and one one thing that kind of stuck with me um, was, of all people, it was on a Cat Williams, um, uh, like, uh, show, you know, uh, uh, what are they, like one of his DVDs or whatever. And, and I know he's not, he's got some fucking bonkers off the off the stage issues but stick with me on one of his um on one of his shows before the actual show a lot of times on like you know uh stand-up routines and stuff they'll they'll show them just like hanging out or real life situation and shit and he's like in the car and he said something that really has resonated with me ever since i saw this and he basically said that if you think about it comedians they have to be cynical to a degree they have to be able to to have like a fucked up view on things and be able to make a joke out of it because that's the only way that they're going to get by that's how they personally come to to an understanding on how the world works that's how they let out express their emotions is because they see something that's fucked up and then they as a defense mechanism they make a joke out of it but in reality they're really trying to tell you what their opinion is and they really they got to get this shit off their chest you know what i mean yeah and so that should make you feel uncomfortable and that this show is just full of it dude and i think it not only creates some of the best dialogue um but it also creates some of the best comedy dude anytime you're able to combine those two things it's just it works so well in conjunction with one another and yeah, if you haven't if you haven't seen this show you you are missing out it's it's phenomenal it's it, it's definitely been one of my highlights of the year like I, this came yeah. out of left field for me and it's um it, it's the it highest just struck yeah struck highest rated show on television if anybody needs there to you know go. and um, it's only uh it was only the first season is now over it ended uh, last week, and it's only ten episodes, thirty minute, uh, thirty minutes a pop. That's f- if you take out the commercials, that's less than five hours of your life. Like I know you binge watch Daredevil or you know Luke Cage in less time, so yeah, more time. So just sit down and watch it, dude. It's it yes. is freaking great. Well, y'all um, good. But that's about all I got. Um, so there you have it, Doctor Strange. 
Atlanta, both high, very high praise from the both of us. Um, what do you got? You got any last things you want to mention? Anything you want to plug? I got, I got just one, but you got anything? Um, uh, no, nah, not right now. I don't. All right. Well, uh, I just wanted to remind everybody, for those of you that live in Jack's, um, be sure to check out Hall of Heroes this weekend. So the con that we mentioned last week, uh, I know we didn't actually put it in the episode notes, but I promise you we will this week. Uh, Hall of Heroes, if you go to Hall of Heroes Jacks, um, dot com, it's a um, it's a local uh, Duval Comic Con, which is really awesome. And it's a it's in speaking with Neil and and you know um, it's it's a Comic Con about comics. The focus is comics. It's and that's it through and through. And I think that's great. And this is the first one of what seems to be many. Um, you got some incredible people there. Peter David um, and George Perez. George Perez is one of my all-time favorite artists. I, I mentioned that last week as well. So definitely check it out. Uh, pre-sale tickets are still up. It's only $15 online. Uh, I think it's going to be $20 the day of. So um, definitely check it out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. That's this Saturday, Hall of Heroes. Um, at the Snyder Armory off Normandy. So um, that's about all I got. So, of course, as we mention every week, be sure to hit us up, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, drop us a line. Shoot us an email, whatever. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you disagree. Let us know if you love us. If you think, What do you uh, want to hear? If you think how attractive I am in comparison to John. I mean, that's perfectly cool. I get it. You know, Never it's, happened. It's totally normal. Trust me. Plenty of people feel this way. So, uh, But be sure to hit oh us up. God. We're at uh, the Pull Network across all social media. So uh, I think that's going to do it. John, you got any last words for the people? Yeah. Peace. Peace. This has been a Pool Network production. For your latest dose of movies, television, and whatever the fuck, tune in each Wednesday. And since we know you just can't get enough, don't forget to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for information on new shows and events.